up, podcasters? It's me, Clive Holland, from the Clive Holland Show on Fix Radio. I would love you to tune in and catch me doing my thing Monday through Thursday from midday till 2pm on the planet's only radio station for builders, Fix Radio. On this week's packed podcast, I started off by asking if you're going to buy an electric van. We spoke to James Bowley from the Society of Motor Manufacturers and Traders and Fix Radio's Thomas Nargi on this very topic. Then I discussed Liz Trussie's comments on the British public lacking graft. We spoke to business owner and winner of the 2015 Apprentice, Joseph Valente, Danny Madden from Madden Builders, and an exclusive on this podcast with Charlie Mullins, media personality these days and founder of Pimlico Plumbers. And to finish off proceedings, we discussed National Be Late for Something Day. We asked what were the worst excuses you'd ever heard. We spoke to fellow tradespeople David Byrne, James from Options Heating and Plumbing and Kai Belmont from Lee Marley Brickwork Limited. All in all then, another packed blooming podcast. Enjoy. The Clive Holland Show with Tradify, the job management software to help get your business on track. Make a life, not just a living. Try the free 14-day trial. Download the Tradify app today. And I'm asking you today, would you consider or have you already committed to buying an electric van? If you have invested, how has the experience been for you so far? Uh, If you haven't made the switch, what is putting you off? Uh, The uncertain future, the initial cost, the lack of charging points or the extra cost for charging at home now that electricity bills are going through the roof? Uh, would a tax break initiative make you take the plunge? Let me know. 821400 on the text. Text the word fix first, any message. Or you can direct message me via the Fix Radio app. On the line right now, we have James Bowley. He's the Senior Communications Manager for the Society of Motor Manufacturers and Traders. Uh, James, first and foremost, what do you think might be holding back tradespeople from taking the plunge into a light commercial electric van? So the first factor that prevents people from wanting to make the switch to an electric van is concern over the charging infrastructure. Our own research has shown about six in 10 people who um, own vans in the UK are worried that they won't be able to find a public charging point uh, to be able to charge up their van when they need it. At the moment, there's about one charging point for every 32 electric vehicles um, in the UK, uh, and that's cars and vans. And of course, vans have uh, slightly different charging requirements to cars in that you know, basically they're bigger vehicles. They'll probably need larger parking spaces. There's also the, the prospect of not being able to find the charge point actually where you need one as well. The other factor as well, for many people, it's a new technology. So we're seeing the vans coming into the market at present. The rate of adoption so far is a little bit slower than with electric cars. But about one in 20 new vans at the moment is battery electric. And we're expecting to see that number grow during this year as well. So in terms of the, those varying factors there, to certainly the charging points, but what about the actual tech itself? I mean, I, I'm saying that the, the battery technology for me is, is just behind the curve. As soon as graphene comes on board, the graphene lithium batteries, which are still a couple of years away, that'll be a game changer. And the solid state versions as well, because not only will it reduce the amount of batteries you need, they're much lighter and you'll get more distance out of them. And the other thing about uh, vehicles in our industry, uh, our Bricky actually uh, treated himself to an electric vehicle. He's not got it anymore, simply because as soon as he loaded it up, it, it just wouldn't respond. 
You know, that, that's that's the big problem, taking the extra weight as well. These things also need to be looked into, don't they? Uh, absolutely. In the, as you say, battery technology is constantly adapting and, and improving. Um, so one of the things that we're seeing now is about a third of uh, van models uh, available on the market are now battery electric, um, including some of the most popular models and the ones that are known and loved by everyone in the country. And I think another factor to bear in mind as well, payload's certainly important. It's also important to think about the, the refueling behavior that you use for a van as well. It's um, it's it's a change of mindset. So rather than you know running like a diesel vehicle and empty and then taking it to the fueling station, filling it back up again, it's much more like using a mobile phone. It's kind of charging little and often. Now, the actual range on most electric vans should be, in most cases, fairly ample for most, for most tradespeople. In our own survey, we found that the majority of people tend to do less than 100 miles uh, in a day in their in their van which would be you know well within the range of most electric vans that are available but as you say you know payloads important as well um, so those payloads are always increasing battery technology is always improving um, so more and more of these vehicles are coming onto the market and we'll continue to see developments so in terms of the fact that the trades people are still skeptical as far as you know the people that i've spoken to that's for sure and that are put off uh, particularly we've talked about the performances, etc. How can van manufacturers and bodies like uh, SMMT go about changing or helping to change their outlook? There's multiple things that need to happen. The first is greater investment in the charging point network, and that's something that you know, the vehicle manufacturers um, are fully behind. We want to see that public charging network expanding so that everybody has the ability to charge when and where they want, um, rather than just being limited to at-home charging or the, the, the slightly limited public charging network that we currently have. So that's really important, and you know, the government is taking steps to expand that, but we also want to see that you know, just overall a further expansion. Um, the other thing that also is really important as well is just that ongoing vehicle development technology. So, as I said, we're seeing more and more of these vehicles coming onto the market. We're seeing that technology advancing. Um, we're also going to be seeing more of them built in the UK um, in the coming years as well. So that's really important. Um, but the other factor also to bear in mind are the benefits that are available to those who want to make the switch to electric vans too. So there is a grant that's available for those who want to make the switch. Um, it's up to, worth up to £5,000 um, per van for a, a larger van. And there's also um, various tax benefits as well, such as um, uh, no vehicle excise duty uh, and also um, company car tax or company van tax in this instance. Uh, they're zero rated. So there are benefits for that as well. Um, so how can people find out more? So our, our industry is listening today. How can they find out more about these incentives? Um, so the best place to talk to it will be um, the manufacturers and dealerships. Uh, they'll be able to provide uh, anyone who's interested in making the switch to an electric van. Um, they'll be able to provide information about what benefits are available. Um, those are also searchable as well on uh, the government's own websites. But um, yeah, talk to talk to your van dealer. Um, they'll be able to show you the, the latest van technology and also advise of the, uh, the various benefits that are available. Uh, well, James, look, it's it's definitely the future. It's just it just needs a little tweaking. The people are hesitating. It's a bit like a Chinese puzzle at the minute as the moving bits around waiting to take that plunge uh, but thank you so much for sparing the time to come on the Clive Fulland show and hopefully as things progress we'll get to talk to you a little bit more great thanks very much look forward to it Clive Holland on Fix Radio. On the line right now, we have the Narge Meister himself, Thomas Nargi from The Electrical Show, uh, every Thursday here on Fix Radio. Thomas, great to have you on, my friend. Now, talk to me, electric fans. Have you committed? We did have one, Clive. Uh, we had little Renault Kangoo, and it, it's, a, it's a love-hate relationship, to be honest, man. It was a great little van, but we ended up selling it, so... That 
that kind of tells you what, it kind of tells you what you need to know. I mean, it, it, yeah. in one respect, it, it's great because it's they are very once you've bought it, it's incredibly cheap to run. Um, but for us, it was just the lack of the lack of on-street charging that was what made it a deal breaker for us. And also, don't forget as well with these vans, uh, one of our brickies actually invested and then said as soon as I got the van loaded, uh, and especially if I was going up a hill, I couldn't get it above twenty-five mile an hour. Uh, there's there's lots of things to think about, aren't there, when you're buying these vehicles, particularly in our industry? Yeah, I mean, 100%, Clive. I mean, one of the things, for me, the you've got to be careful with the range on them. In summer, we could get easily, you could get about 130 miles to a charge in summer, which isn't bad. If you're bombing around London or somewhere, it, that's perfectly fine. But in the middle of winter, that will literally, you, you can half that figure. And it does make it difficult. You've got to think, well, if I've got a job down in Greenwich or Lewisham or somewhere, I've, got, I've actually got to put some thought into whether I can actually make it there and back. And that anxiety every day, you just don't need it, man. It's not, you know, until, until on-street charging becomes more predominant it's just you've got to have somewhere off street to charge it that's the thing if you've got a driveway at home and you can charge it off street happy days but if you've got to rely on the on-street charging network to charge your vehicle it just don't do it it's not worth there's too many there's just too many problems there you know for me in terms of the battery tech that's the reason i'm i'm not investing at this stage because when the graphene lithium battery comes online which is still two years away we're looking at a third of the size but we're looking at a, a sort of a shorter charge period, but you can get a longer range on them. I mean, if they're a solid state as well, which I think is about six years away, wow, we're talking a major, a major shift change in people's attitudes. But it is a long way off at the moment, so I can understand why people are sort of hesitant because it's a bit like you know everybody talking about um, air source heat pumps and everything else. We just don't know enough. Yeah, that's exactly it. And also, I mean, like. There's other things like the environmental side of it. I get that we've got to move forwards with tech and, you know, petrol and diesel are, you know, they are polluting. There's no way of getting around that. But I'm just not totally sold that EV is as environmentally friendly as it's made out to be. You know, when I mean, manufacturers make a massive effort to to not talk about lithium mining. They make a huge effort to not discuss it. And it's it's a major problem. And also things like battery recycling. At the end of a vehicle EV's life, you've got to do something with that electric battery. You've got something has to be done with it. And it's a real problem, which is going to happen in a couple of years' time because dismantling an EV car is not a straightforward process. It is a complex, it's a complex problem. Yeah, this is something that's going to be awaiting us, I think. Um, and there's going to be a lot of questions are going to be needed to be answered. Uh, come that time uh now um i've got to tell you this sir thomas i've got to ask you this question on the electrical side of things because we had a question come in from daz b about and, and i don't know what the 19th edition is like on this but uh i know where i'm coming from myself on it but sockets under a sink where are you what should what is the legality i've got to ask you that question because they're listening Sockets under a sink. I mean, that's, you do get them, um, and it is common, especially if you're doing things like uh, EICRs and stuff. You do often see it. Uh, my understanding, I haven't got a regs book in front of me, so I can't 100% confirm it, but I am led to believe that uh, it sounds mad. Sockets under a bathtub are acceptable. There's no reg that says you can't put a socket under a bathtub. Um, now, obviously, you wouldn't do that, but sockets under a sink, I would classify as the same thing. As long as it's dry and there's no risk of water, you know, as long as there's no realistic chance of water getting to it, um, there's no real reason why not. A lot of this boils down to common sense. If you can see that it's just a really dumb place to put it, you can follow your gut feeling. 
they sent us a picture, actually. It's on a new build. Can you believe? Uh, but I would imagine you've got the RCD, the RCBO, whatever else protecting it. Um, so, but it still doesn't seem to me like it's it's the, the right way of doing things anyway. Oh, you wouldn't naturally do it. A qualified electrician would never naturally do that. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, a lot of the times you just end up putting it in the in the cupboard next, literally next to the sink. You'll just cut, a, you know, just cut a seventeen mil hole in the back of the the works, you know, in the back of the cupboard, and you just put your socket there, and then you can just run your plugs through that hole, which is just a it's a better way of doing it. Yeah. Well, that question has been answered very well, thank you, my friend. Now there's more questions to be answered on your show as well, no doubt. Just fill us in on that before you go when it's on. And uh, the the type of things you talk about. Yeah, so our electrical show is on every Thursday and it's uh, between two and three o'clock. And if you do miss it, you can always catch up at 10 p.m. or you can download it on whatever your uh, podcast download uh, software is. You can download it or you can just listen to it uh, straight through the Fix Radio, uh, straight through the Fix Radio app. Indeed. Uh, My friend, it is a great show as well. I love it. Um, thank you so much for spending oh, you, the time. You softy, you're just, you're just saying that, Clive. You're just saying it. Mate, I, I'm so into <laughs> electrics. Uh, I'm so into the electrical side of things. With, uh, don't forget, I did have my own electrical wholesaling business for a while, so that's why I'm into it so much, and uh, I like to keep up to date as best as I can. You can do that through your show. It's as simple as that. Uh, mate, have a great rest of the day, wherever you are and whatever you're up to, and thank you so much for sparing the time. No problem, Clive. Anytime, mate. Stay in touch. The Clive Holland Show on Fix Radio. Uh, keep those messages coming in if you would be so kind. Uh, Custom made said this. Uh, good show on Sky the other night, Clive. Uh, I made an appearance on Sky News uh, talking about our industry on Friday night. Uh, so I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, he goes on to say, electric work vehicles are nothing new. My granddad, John, worked on the milk for most of his life. Uh, and his float was electric. Uh, problem for me is the technology doesn't seem to have moved moved on much. I think I'll wait. I think it's moved on since the milk float from the 1960s or 70s. I'm sure it has. Uh, this one from Kel says, we got an electric van on lease in May. It's gone back. Absolutely useless, mate. Unloaded, it wasn't bad. Put people and stuff in it. Forget it, says Kel. Forget it. Uh, this from Paul from the Boot Boys says, I've been thinking about a car but not a van. I need to be confident of getting to my destination each day. I think this is another concern, isn't it? That you, you know, you, is there enough charging points? Um, is it going to get you to where you need to go when it's fully laden? Because it's all right giving you these stats when it's empty and just got one driver in it. But if you've got a load of gear as well, it does make a difference. Uh, Dave says it's too early for electric yet. When the tech is better, I'll consider it, but not until. I don't need the extra hassle right now. Sounds like Dave's under pressure. Dave. Uh, Jed says, uh, I've read that by January 23, it will cost 15% more to charge your electric vehicle per mile than diesel and 18% for petrol. By that time, we'll be in full-blown recession. (laughs) We'll be in full-blown recession, so no thanks. Oh, man, come on. Cheer us up a little bit. Cheer us off a little bit with that. I think, obviously, because the price of uh, electric, of course, utilities is going to go through the roof. So, of course, charging it is going to be pretty more expensive. But I don't know those stats, so I'd have to confirm them. Uh, This one's from Luke. He says, mine is on order, mate. I'm only leasing, but I thought with all the extra charges in London right now, it makes sense. And he goes on to say, dash, 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 
I hope so anyway. Uh, I hope so too, Luke. Uh, this from HVAC Services says, Sorry guys, but electric is not the answer. The country will be strewn with abandoned EVs in a few years' time. I'm not too sure that they're going to be abandoned. I can't imagine that because there's going to be a lot of value in the vehicles. I hope anyway even if it is for scrap. Uh, Spike says, I really would like one. Uh, this is about electric vans now. Uh, but even with the incentives your man talked about earlier, uh, my man, yeah, okay, yes, I remember. Um, he said, I can't justify spending 60K on one in the current climate. Um, I think you can get them a little bit cheaper than 60K. Uh, and don't forget, as I say, you have got those incentives as well. 60K's top end, I would have thought. Uh, Ronan, nice to have you on board, Ronan. He says, electric vehicles are a very interesting option for the future. But I think hydrogen, there's my man. Hydrogen uh, might be the way to go. Definitely, I'm with, I'm with you on that. You know, you know I've banged the drum for hydrogen for a while now. Uh, Phil Croft says, with the rate work is dropping off this past month or so, I'll be lucky to afford an electric scooter. Is it really that bad? Oh, man. And this one, again, no name. Please put your name on it. Uh, would you buy one right now, Clive? I think you've already got the uh, gist of my feeling on it. I definitely would not. I think it's too soon. I'm sorry, electric van manufacturers and battery manufacturers. Uh, so let's wrap up the talk topic on electric vehicles. Uh, Mickey Taylor says, I've got an all-electric Honda moped for servicing days, which is great to buzz around on in the city, but I wouldn't invest in a van. I like that. Uh, Dale and Mark Lowe said, uh, that happened to us. As soon as the van was full, this was something we must have been hearing earlier, it was embarrassingly slow. Little old ladies were going faster on their Zimmer frames. I'm not sure it's that slow. I like it, though. Uh, Ivan the plumber says, not in a million years, because another fad will come along in a few years wanting you to invest. I'm sticking to me dirty diesel. Dirty diesel. Fix Radio. Bish, bash, bosh. Uh, today we're talking about Liz Truss, uh, the Tory leadership frontrunner who launched an astonishing attack against British workers saying they needed more graft and suggesting they lacked the skill and application of their foreign counterparts. She was actually the co-author of a book back in 2012 called Britannia Unchained, which had a passage aimed at British workers entitled Worst Idlers in the World. Is this something that makes your urine boil or do you think in some cases she may have a point uh, where people are swinging the lead? Let me know, 81400 on the text. Text the word FIX first, any message. Or, of course, you can direct message me via the FIX radio app. On the line right now, good friend of the show, Joe Volante. Uh, 2015 winner of The Apprentice and CEO of Trade Mastermind, uh, the construction business training. Now then, in terms of what Liz Trust said, I mean, I know we'd love politicians to constantly tell the truth to camera rather than off camera, but do you agree with what she's saying? Do, do British people lack graft? Yeah, I do actually agree with what she's saying. Um, and I know you said British workers. I mean, I wonder whether she's meaning the people in the country that don't work. Those are, are on universal credit um, that live off the system and don't really contribute. And, you know, there are a lot of people out there, um, in, in my eyes, that could work and just aren't willing to. 
And um, we do lack the skills across the nation um, as a country as a whole, because, you know, if people want to make more, earn more, be more, live better, then they need to level up. And people aren't prepared to do that. You know, they want when prices go up, when um, at times become tougher, people want their employer or the government to step in. But actually, it's down to them to own what they need to add value um, to the country. And, and, and so I do agree with her. Yeah. So in, in certain cases, when it comes to, you know, tradespeople, say, for instance, do you mm -hmm. think they can boost productivity? Uh, do, do you think sometimes they're working at a set level that just suits them and, and they could maybe get more productive? Or do you think they are working at their max? I mean, there are some tradespeople out there that are absolutely on it and, you know, they're super productive and they work extremely hard. And there are other tradespeople that want to be finished by one o'clock or uh, and be down the pub having a beer. Um, you know, whether their productivity will contribute to the overall um, uh, country's productivity, that's uh, a question that needs to be asked. But I think, you know, now is the time for people to level up 100 percent. You know, you run a construction business training. What do you think or what have you found is the best way to motivate people to get the max out? I think it comes down to kind of beginning with the end in mind. And, it, you know, what are they working for? What is it that they're trying to achieve? Um, and realizing that, you know, we've all got the same 24 hours in a day. The one thing that I've come to realize is that there's money in abundance out there. Um, but the one thing that we're all running out of is time. Um, and so, you know, if you're prepared um, to live your life in the short term, like most people won't, so you can spend your life like most people can't, um, then that's a um, fairly good um, motivator because you'll get the freedom later on in life. And I, I just believe that people need to see what's possible for them. Once they've seen what's possible for them and it can become real, um, and they can set that as a goal and they understand the steps that they need to take um, to achieve it, then they'll go for it. You know, we teach a lot of businesses across all sectors in construction a blueprint to building a seven-figure business because a lot of tradespeople, they operate in 100,000 turnover, 200,000 turnover. So we're giving them the blueprint. And then once they understand how easy it is to grow, then they go on and follow that. But people do need the roadmap. So maybe Liz Trust needs to show people um, if she wants them to work harder, the roadmap to a better life. So, you know, if I'm going to put all of this additional effort in, what is it that I'm going to get in return? People do need to see that because there aren't many people that are willing to just act in blind faith um, and go all in in the hope that they create some, you know, outcome that they can't currently see. She's got to get them bought into her vision. Like any good CEO of any organization, she's the CEO of this country. She needs to get everybody bought into her vision of where she sees the country can go for everybody to back her. And no matter how harsh she may feel that, um, you know, things, statements that she makes, uh, you know, will we'll react on various people uh, and various industries. Um, telling the truth to camera is far better than being caught off guard like this. You know, I, I, this is something I'd love to get introduced to politicians. Just tell the truth, mm -hmm. no matter how tough it is. Now, some companies have introduced flexible working hours, uh, the flexible four being BAM Construct, BAM Nuttall, Skanska, uh, UK, and Wilmot Dixon have recorded a decline in the rate of sickness and absence with flexible working hours. And, of course, since COVID, people working from home as well. Uh, this is believed to be a contributing factor. Is it, though, possible in our industry to have flexible working systems that would work well. 
I mean, they, they've reported a decline in sick, sickness and absence because people are, are at home, so they don't feel obliged to report it. Um, if somebody's working from home, I don't think they're going to um, call in sick and, you know, have to go on statutory sick pay if they can pretend they're doing a little bit of work from home and hide from it. You know, personally, I don't like working from home. It's not something I allow my people to do. Um, I don't like it. I think people should be in an office and they should be um, uh, in the culture and, and um, you know, uh, and working together as a team and getting creative and and so I don't really like it it's not my style um, and and I, and I won't operate a working from home strategy um, anytime soon um, and so do I believe that it can work in the construction industry well obviously not the people out on the road doing the work in the trade people behind the scenes office environment if people can make it work, good luck to them, you know, but everybody that you've um, mentioned there, they're huge organizations. Small businesses don't have the infrastructure to be able to pull it off effectively, I don't believe. You know, to, to have a um, working from home culture, you need an established infrastructure to be able to manage, um, maintain, um, control, um, you know, uh, to make sure that people are doing what they're doing and, you know, to have all of those systems and processes in place is a costly exercise. And for a growing business, it's also very, very difficult. You know, imagine you're growing a sales department, for example, and those people want to work from home. How are you ever going to train them, work with them, support them, mentor them, guide them? Same with customer service and so on. So, so well and good for these established businesses that have got um, huge pots of money to invest in transition and the infrastructure to do it. But for most businesses, I would say, um, you know, up to 10 million turnover, they just don't really have a chance of executing on it effectively. Uh, wise words, Joe, as ever from you, I have to say. Um, just tell us how people can get in contact with you, though, uh, in regards to the uh, Trade Mastermind uh, construction business training. Yeah, if they could head up, uh, hit up um, www.trademastermind.co.uk, that would be fantastic. Or at Mr. Joseph Valente, we, we run free events for construction businesses to give them an insight into growing. Um, and then they can join our advanced programs from there. Um, it's the secret to scaling your construction business. So thank you very much. Uh, Joe, always great having you on. Have a great rest of the day. And no doubt we'll be speaking again very soon. Thanks, Clive. Fix Radio, made for the trade. On the line right now, we have a really good friend of the show, Danny Madden on the line from Madden Builders. Danny, how are you, my friend? I'm all good, Clive. How are you doing? I'm good, mate. Uh, now, when you hear that statement, right, now, listen, I, I know there are people that like to swing the lead, right, but when you're thinking of our industry and the graph that goes into it, is is that something, I mean, it was on an unguarded moment, right? So, so. We always want politicians to tell the truth. They never seem to do in front of the camera, but off camera, they tend to. What are your thoughts initially on that? Initially, my first thoughts, Clive, are the pandemic. We grafted. Us British workers, we grafted and we kept the country running. But, and however, there is a part of me that does tend to look at it and agree. Because... When I think about it from my own personal experience, when we're talking, and I'm going to put an age cap on this, because I tell you what, the guys I've worked with, I've been doing this a long time, over the age of around about 30, we graft. You know, we put the work in. But it seems to be we're running out of trades, and the reason being as well is that they don't want to graft. There's easier ways of making a living. Most kids now, and I hate to say it, is most kids now, they're, they're more inclined to upgrade their mobile phones, even putting themselves into debt, rather than upgrading 
their knowledge of learning a trade, of getting into the industry, because there is there's easier ways of making money rather than going out to work in the pouring rain. It, it's not a graph that they're used to. And when you say the British people with our foreign against our foreign counterparts, Clive, I've worked with I've worked with all different nationalities. I've worked with Albanians. I've worked with Romanians. There seems to be the lack of drive that we have that they have got the drive that they want to succeed. They want to impress. They want to move on. No matter what, there is no question of, yeah, but this, yeah, but it's cold, yeah, but it's raining. Give me the job, I'll do it, and I'll get it done. And that seems to be the big difference from what I found out of my own personal experience. Wow, and you know what? It's amazing to to listen to you uh, and, and what you're saying there because – you know, well, I've worked with a, a, a lot of uh, people from overseas as well, and they do seem to have that get their head down, backside up, and they're, they're they're at it, and they've got no excuses, you know, for why they shouldn't be working. Uh, but I'm also intrigued by your age, uh, where, you, where you put like an age parameter on it. So, do you think, uh, looking at it now, from we, we, you know, we've got this shortage coming up, 250,000 shortage of workers by 2006. Should we be really maybe focusing on those job switches of 30 plus who by that time now realise, you know, if they want to make a success and they want to, uh, you know, get a few quid in the bank, do you think we should be aiming at them? 100%. 100%. I'll tell you why, Clive. They've got something to lose. Whereas the others, and I know I'm going to upset people, I know I am, but the bank of mum and dad, we've raised a soft generation. That's the problem. We've raised a soft generation, and the bank of mum and dad just carries on. And you know what? It's easier to sit on your backside and earn more money than it is to get up and go to work. And that is what we lack. Whereas we've got our over 30s who have got a family, maybe, who, 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 who maybe have in their earlier years sat on their backside. Now, realize, you know what? I actually want to get up. I don't actually want to go and do it. I've got something to lose. I need to pay bills. I need to pay a mortgage. And that's the drive they've got. The problem is, is that there isn't the funding that we need to give to them. For someone in their 35, 40 that wants to have a change of career, they've still got bills to pay. They, they can't be on a wage that maybe an 18-year-old would be happy with. Although I say that, there seems to be, in my opinion, a form of entitlement from youngsters that come away from school and expect to be on the top wages straight away is that they're entitled to have this you know you make some amazing points today i don't know why what you know you you make amazing points anyway uh, but it, today it, it's actually uh, sort of bowled me a bit of a googly but i love it you know because uh, it is that it is that honest approach uh, that i think will get things moving uh, and it's sort it's sort of it's sort of made my mind up now to to be probably less putting the focus on those leaving school uh, and leaving college and more towards those that want to switch jobs if they're in them that they're, they're not really happy about. But like you say, we've got to get across that situation of what can we pay them because they by that time, like you say, have got bills to pay, etc. We've got to give them incentives uh, to come and join us. And I think you might have a fantastic point there out of this um, without, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, and I'm just loving your attitude to it, towards it. It's just something, Clive, I'm very passionate about, which includes getting it more into the schools as well, pushing our trades into schools and showing kids that you can make 
a really good living out of working in the trade, a really good living if and if you are prepared to put the work in. Because a lot of our youngsters, they love this idea of being successful and earning all this money when they're watching all these people on social media. But the bottom line is they don't realize what goes on in the background of running a business and what it takes to learn that trade. And if they only just push themselves, it, it would be a fantastic thing. But we do need to get more funding for older people that want to make that career change, that want to get into the trade. Because I, I think they'd be worth their weight in gold. I, I can't, I, mate, I agree with you 100%. I really do. Um, and it's great having you on the show as ever. And you've, you'll, you'll get, you'll get tongues wagging. That's for sure. I think today. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I love that attitude, mate. Where are you today? What are you up to? Today I am in Hertfordshire and I'm doing a pergola. Very good. Well, well, the weather's still reasonable before the rains come at the weekend. Uh, listen, mate, great talking to you. Have a great rest of the day. Enjoy building the pergola, and uh, we will definitely be speaking again soon. Thank you very much, Clive. Have a great day. You too, mate. Clive Holland on Fix Radio. Uh, now, on the line right now, we have uh, media superstar Charlie Mullins, ex of Pimlico Plumbers, of course. Uh, Charlie, great to have you on the show. How are you, my friend? Yeah, I'm all very well, uh, Clive, and uh, it's good to be on the show again, yeah. And what a great subject to talk about. Um, I- I'm going to totally agree with Liz, uh, 100%. Obviously, that's not the case that all Brits are lazy workers, but there's plenty of lazy ones out there which is giving us a bad name. And, um, you know, I totally agree with her, and, and, you know, it's gone on for so long now. I think that um, people are just, I think, you know, we're getting known as lazy Brits, unfortunately. But uh, I will point out before I get all the stick from the people that work hard, of course, many, many people work hard and work way over and above what they need to do. But unfortunately, there's so many lazy people out there they've got such terrible work ethics. Um, it's, it's just making us all look bad. Well, mate, I'll tell you now, that I, I was amazed at how many people got in touch with the show so far and have said, you know, we agree with her. Uh, I was I was expecting a big backlash from it, but actually, I would say a good ninety percent uh, were were with her all the way there in terms of you know they've they've got um, some foreign workers, overseas workers working for them now who are actually outstripping the Brits, um, and and th- th- I thought that was interesting to note. To be fair, but how can we therefore? I mean, you you've obviously experienced. But, massive com- company Pimlico um, you'd have had a lot of varying uh, various workers there and you'd have come across a fair few uh, that might have tried to swing the lead etc but how how do you actually boost uh, tradesperson's productivity look my, look my take is the workers will always work and the shirkers will always shirk um, you know if you, you can do all the incentives possible. But if someone's got it set that I'm only prepared to do half a day's work, it's very hard to change them. Um, for, for our point of view, all we used to do is just get rid of them. Once we realise they're not up to standard, we just get rid of them and, uh, you know, and, and pay the, the hard work in once more money. I think give people that work hard incentives and people that you know are on your side, give them incentives, whether it be bonus or free lunch or, um, you know, uh, um, you know, certain sort of, I mean, we used to do a, a voucher for a, for a restaurant, you know, monthly on the monthly employees. Um, there's various things to incentivise people, but I don't know how you turn lazy people into good workers. Um, I think we've got a generation now of, of people that unfortunately have slipped into that because their parents were like it. And, and you know, with this working from home nonsense, that is just going to create more and more laziness 
And, you know, people are not going to go want to go to work. And I think, you know, we, we've got to a situation now that a, a lot of our workers think, you know, they're too good for this job and they should have a privileged job. Um, and, and it's just ruining things. And, you know, I, I, I totally, I'm not knocking university students here, but, but again, I think they come out with the wrong sort of... Um, with the wrong views on the workplace, you know, they've been put into like a comfort bubble and when they come out and go into workplace, it's a shock to their system. And I think they, they feel that they should get something, you know, they're above doing starting at the bottom or they're above a meaningful sort of uh, job. They really want to, you know, they feel that they're going to be welcomed with open arms because they've got a degree. So I think we're sending the wrong message out from school leaving age. The other thing that I think has gone badly against us is Brexit. You know, I think we've shut the shut the door on so many foreign workers. You know, I know we've still got quite a lot here, but, you know, I always said that, you know, the Brexit thing will possibly lead to um, construction sites in London shutting down because I just don't think we've got the workforce no more. Um, you know, some of these... Um, foreign workers that were coming in, they're great workers. Again, I'm, I have to say it, some of them are lazy, let's not kid anyone, but majority of them seem to well do a good day's work. And I think by restricting the, the movement of them coming in and making them feel comfortable, I think we're creating a, a bigger problem. Um, and as I say, I do see construction sites shutting down in London because they haven't got the staff or they haven't got the... And, of course, we haven't trained. You know, the biggest problem here is coming, going back to the training. We, we've not trained enough people. We've not pushed apprenticeships enough. And, you know, anybody in the trade now, there's nobody in the trade could actually say there's not a shortage in every area possible. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, by 2026 or originally 2025, we were going to be short by a quarter of a million bodies. You know, now if that continues or, or that looks like it's going to be, um, they're going to have to change the policy on on uh, overseas workers. It, it's got to happen. If we can't get people, uh, the, the educators to educate people to come into our industry or people to want to come into our industry. That's why I think we're looking more at people switching jobs and probably being around the 30-year-old mark who are probably in jobs that they don't really enjoy, who want to now get their hands dirty and earn some decent dosh, uh, which is obviously in our industry you can do that. Um, I, I think they're the only ways forward because at the minute it doesn't look like a lot of the youngsters really want to get involved. Uh, you're, you're totally right, uh, Clive, and and all the trades guys listening to this, you know, I'm pretty sure they're going to agree with what you're saying. Um, they're going to agree with what I'm saying. The 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 problem that's coming is going to be massive, and and you know we can do something about it. I mean, you are right. We we can retrain uh, older people, um, and, and you know we've got to make sort of the retraining. We've got to make their wages more interesting so that they can afford to do it. A lot of them want to do it, but. They just can't afford to do it. So we've got to increase, you know, you know, wages in that area. We've got to increase apprenticeships money. You know, I would double apprenticeships money tomorrow because there's such a value to us um, and we're underpaying them. And, 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 you know, a lot of them can't even afford to sort of turn up at a job because of the fares. Um, yeah. So I'm all for that. I'm all for retraining. And, uh, you know, I think it's a great idea. And, and my take, you know, we've got all these high street shops and premises empty. Um you know, uh, they're not going to go back into retail outlets, no way in a million years. And I actually think that a great thing would be to turn some of these uh, high streets into a retraining area and, and you know, like job centre places and retraining and, and have a high street with many different options there that you turn up and you've got an option to retrain and actually, you know, 
on them premises that you, you could sort of actually start a retraining course. And, and I feel that's what's going to happen with the ice streets, or I hope it's going to happen with the ice streets, because if not, we're, we're just going to, they're going to stay empty. We're going to have nobody that can even work on them. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, the way to resolve the skill shortage is undoubtedly to start retraining people. Yeah, I think it's a, a, a really, really sound point, that is. Now, a recent uh, study uh, for the last 18 months, it was a pilot scheme, actually, involving Tier 1 contractors, some of the big boys, uh, found that flexible hours reduced sick days. What are your views on that? Yes, I'm, I'm sure they're right. I'm sure they're right, yeah. I mean, you know, often people aren't sick, but they, they need some time off and, and they come up with, you know, the, the Monday morning illness or the Friday afternoon illness. So if people, if people, if it can be flexible, it's going to obviously restrict people taking time off. There's no two ways about that. And I'm all for that. I mean, you know, the thing I am against is just the working for home for majority of people. I just, I just think it sends out the wrong message. I think youngsters are going to see their parents in their pyjamas and, you know, making out their work. And, and, and I know not all workers at home uh, are lazy, but, you know, it's creating a, a problem out there. Productivity has got to go down. I mean, but unfortunately, every every person that works from home, they all reckon they're more productive. But the, the ones I know of, you know, that they're doing gym lessons at home, they're, they're doing shopping, they're doing their booking their holidays, they're doing things around the house. And, you know, I'm actually hearing people are going to the computer and moving that moose thing, whatever it's called, uh, and make them look like they're working and clocking in and things like that on, on the computer. Well, I mean, what message is that sending out to, to their youngsters? They're going to think that that's, their, that's the working life. So there's lots of changes need doing. And, and, and um, you know, it, it's, it's not going to take, you know, all they need to talk to is people with a bit of common sense, how you can resolve the skill shortage. Um, and, and, and you know, rather than training youngsters at, at university for, you know, we've been saying this thing for years for dead end jobs or jobs they're not going to get or jobs that they would love to get, but not going to happen. Why would you not train these people knowing there's work in, in, in many industries in the building trade? Which now leads me to this, Charlie, right? There'll be a lot of people out there would like you to be prime minister, right? So imagine this, you get the nod, Charlie Mullins, prime minister, right? What would be on his agenda? How would he improve our industry and the country? Is there a couple of real topics you'd like to hit hard? Yeah, well, I'll start off with um, when youth leave school. Uh, they would either go to university, have a job, or they go into a government-funded apprenticeship. That, that would be an immediate change. Um, and I feel probably 10 years from now that will resolve youth unemployment, it will resolve the skill shortage, it will resolve a lot of crime on the street, a lot of costs of rehabilitation of these youngsters that are getting into trouble. So first thing I would do, nobody can leave school until they've got a job, university or a government funded apprenticeship. Um, that would be one of the first things I would do. What's the next thing I would do? I would reverse Brexit. Um, you know, I know we're getting on with it, but, you know, are, are we really any better off not what I could Are we getting on with it? Are we getting on with it, though, Charlie? You well, say we're getting on with it. I mean, I, I, I don't see anything. Well, I don't see anything, but what I mean is I think we accept it. I don't agree with it and work accordingly to it. But, you know, I, I feel it was a, the wrong move for many reasons and, and nobody's proved it's been the right reasons. So I would reverse that. So, I mean, that's two big things that I would have done already. Let me find a third one. Um, 
certainly I think they're important in the workplaces to get people into work. Um, and, and yeah, as a third one, I would get some people, normal um, working class people in government. That's what I would do. And, and I feel that um, I think the split needs to be 50-50. 50 of the, um, you know, posh lot with no common sense and 50 of the normal people with common sense. And I feel that type of mixture could change so many different areas, you know, whether it be in, in care, whether it be in education, whether it be in NHS. We just need more people that are, and working class people in the government to make massive changes. I mean, you know, if you haven't got the old school tie on or you don't speak with a plum in your mouth, then, you know, you ain't got open L of getting in it. And, and fortunately, there is a good option. It's in the in the industry, in the building trade. And, you know, you can earn amazing money there now. That's one good thing with the skill shortage. And, and you know, if you think plumbers are expensive now, just wait for another couple of years. Yeah, mate, yeah. I tell you what, they're three great things, in my opinion. Um, and, and I've always said this now, we need real people involved, and we certainly need a construction minister and housing minister that knows actually about construction. Uh, the last seven in seven years haven't known much. Uh, mate, listen, always great talking to you. Uh, hopefully we'll have a chat again very soon. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on the Clive Holland Show podcast. It's been great, uh, uh, Clive, and, and I'm here today on the basis I've done an apprenticeship 50 years ago, and like many people say, never look back. So highly recommend apprenticeships. Good lad. That's that's, that's a real good sound, uh, for me anyway, good basis to, to get started. Uh, thank you, mate. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll catch up with you soon. Cheers, thank you. Fix Radio, made for the trade. Uh, Ian Hodgkins is listed as well. Our good friend Ian Hodgkins of Hodgkins Builders. Uh, he's quoted this from uh, Lord Sugar on Twitter, uh, who was answering to a guy called Mr. Dunn, who felt that Lord Sugar was behind the times. And he said, listen, most who work from home watch more TV than work. Uh, there are a few exceptions, but the majority are lazy gits, said Lord Sugar. When some of my companies recruit, the first question asked by some applicants is, can I work from home? They're shown the door. I love that. Thanks for sending that in for us, Ian, and highlighting that. Uh, David Evans says, I'm not sure she was aiming at the construction industry being Liz Truss. I believe it was for those who prefer not to work at all and live off everyone else. For what it's worth, I fully agree with her. Uh, Ivan the Plumber says, let her come and work with me for a month. Uh, she's had an easy life by the looks of her. Cushy job with all those expenses. <laughs> Doing nothing. I'm not too quite sure it's that. Uh, Cormac says, you will always find shirkers if you look hard enough. Not sure foreign workers work harder. I'd like to see proof of that. I'm Irish and number uh, and no one graphs harder, uh, says Cormac. Well, thanks for that. Uh, okay, so uh, this is coming from Sean, and, and this is a really good one from Sean. Thanks for sending this. They're all good. Don't get me wrong. He says, we need to get into the schools for 13-year-old plus age group uh, kids get tradespeople nearing the end of their careers to put on workshops to stimulate tomorrow's workforce plumbers brickies electricians uh, the nhs to show all the various roles they have not just doctors nurses uh, that we need we also need maintenance uh, guys ground staff etc instead of the two arrows pointing to university or live on universal credit council house benefits kids etc as your last caller said, 
Um, show the kids the different careers available instead of letting the ones less academic fall through the cracks in the path, says Sean. We have to agree with that, Sean. And I think we're talking about Danny Madden. He, he was brilliant on that, for sure. Uh, so thanks for that, Sean. Uh, Tom in Devon agrees with Liz Truss. Uh, he says, all youngsters want to do these days is get paid to do nothing. Uh, says Tom. Uh, thanks for all those messages. Uh, this from the Midland Builders. He says, in the canteen today, mate, we are discussing surgical truss. <laughs> I love it. Uh, we think she's right. Our plan is to fill the rocket going to the moon with all the lazy, with all the lazy gits to colonise the planet and remove the burden on Earth. Are you with us, Clive? <laughs> oh, mate, I'd love to be with you on that one. Uh, and this one's from Niall Davies. He says, absolutely brilliant show, mate. Really good point, this, and something that has done my head in for years. I've got neighbours with seven kids who all claim benefits. It drives me insane. I'm doing the work for them to have phones, PlayStation machines and cars. This is not right, but you get shot down if you have a go. The guy you have on now is spot on. You have a new fan, Clive. Well, it's nice to have you, Niall. That's for sure. Uh, this one from Mark. He says, I've just employed a Ukrainian national and he jumps out of the van and runs into the job. Totally different work ethic. Had the company 19 years and it's the first time I've employed someone other than English and it looks like the way forward. That's a great point you made there, Mark. Uh, great, and thanks for joining us on the show. Uh, Spike says, your guest talks a lot of sense. So many kids these days just want an easy life. They wouldn't know the term graft. Uh, Luke says, uh, this country is full of lazy people. Uh, she's right as far as I'm concerned, says Luke. Jamie Holloway says, I don't think people who sit on their fat rump all day, and uh, he said, I don't think people who sit on their fat rump all day and wouldn't know a hard day's graft if it smacked them in the chops should be preaching others working harder. Um, yeah, I agree with that as well, Jamie. Uh, nice one, mate. Uh, Kel says, nobody's going to accuse the Bolton, <laughs> the Bolton massive, I love it when he says that, the Bolton massive of slackers, Clive. Who is she anyway? <laughs> She's going to be your next Prime Minister by the look of things. Fix Radio, made for the trade. So National Be Late for Something Day was created to ditch the clock watching. Uh, it's an American thing, really, where everybody takes their wristwatches off, takes the clocks off the wall, etc., etc. Have you ever been late for a special occasion or important meeting and had to think of an excuse on the spot? Uh, have you ever missed an event on purpose and had the excuse ready? Or what was the most outrageous excuse you've ever heard from somebody late for work? Let me know. 81400 the text. Text the word FIX first in your message. Or you can direct message me via the FIX radio app. Uh, on the line right now, good friend of the show, we've got Dave Byrne, a.k.a. at Dave underscore the underscore carpenter. How are you, my friend? I am tickety-boo, living the dream. <laughs> we've, got to, we've got to have the catchphrase, living the dream, son. Come on, everybody! Everybody expects it now. Uh, okay, so sp spill, spill the beans, Dave. Um, yeah, I pride myself on my punctuality. I always show up on time. Well, I don't give them a time, so I'm never late. <laughs> uh, but love that. I do constantly have to think of excuses to give my wife when I'm on the way home and I'm running late. I think I've been stuck behind seventy-two tractors. I've been stuck behind three, you know, them wide load things with the big tubes on. <laughs> yeah. I've been stuck behind three of them. I've been stopped by the police twice. <laughs> 
she doesn't my my wife is not, not if i say i'm home at 7 30 if the clock ticks 7 31 i know i'm late <laughs> and would you get a call and say it was 7 31 right would you get a phone call going where are you or not i i have done it it depends how bad the kids have been <sighs> you know if the kids are, if the kids are making a tear of their out you can guarantee i've been getting a phone call at half four what time you're home <laughs> <laughs> <When are you? laughs> can you come home now please yeah Love basically it. I mean, I mean she, she sounds like a dragon. She's not. It's just... I'm sure I, I she's stand, not, mate. I, I can't stand I'm... conflict. I cannot stand conflict, especially with my missus. Yeah. So it's just like, what can I cook up on the spot? I've learned now just to, just, just to ring her when I'm on my way out. Look, I'm running late. Sorry. Yada, yada, yada. Rather than trying yeah. to say, uh, I got pulled over by the police and they stopped me for half an hour while they checked my licence. i love that absolutely uh and and of course i love that as well where you say you never give somebody a time so you're never late (laughs) i don't when when will you be i'll be here in the morning (laughs) that could be be a minute to midday i love it yeah it can it has been it's been like 10 to 10 to 12 (laughs) still made it up time yeah i I wasn't late (laughs) <laughs> that's brilliant uh dave where are you today what are you up to my friend i'm just on a bit of a research and development today so i'm, I'm at home um in the garden playing with some mdf and some beadings um trying to make doors that people look at and Mimic. go wow i want that in my life oh brilliant what to what like mimicking a panel door or what uh so it's a, it's a five-piece shaker door standard i did yeah. one it's like a half round beading laid on the inset of the panel not of the door of the panel it's to give like a fluted effect very um art deco with a bit of mid-century modern thrown in and um, i made it yesterday there was a couple of defects in my paint so i sanded it back yesterday um done a bit of filling this morning and i'll give it another spray in about half an hour just to see if i can get it but what i've done is i've done it so the panel sits directly in the middle of the the rails and styles so that on the front i've got one style of door and then on the re- the reverse i've done another style of door it's just to show clients really yeah um, man i'm loving that dave the creator i'm loving it he gets, he gets the juices going you know what i mean yeah, creative juices is what it's all about, my friend. Uh, living the dream, as you say. Uh, mate, it's always good talking to you. Uh, look after yourself. Uh, enjoy the rest of the day, and we'll no doubt speak again very soon. You will indeed. All the best. Fix Radio. Bish, bash, bosh. On the line right now, we have James from Options Heating and Plumbing, uh, a.k.a. at Options Heating on Instagram. Uh, James, excuses. You've heard, you must have heard them, but have you ever made any? Uh, I had to make one recently for a customer that's quite <laughs> particular with timings, put it that way. Okay. So, you know, you get so they... customers that want you there at a specific time, and if you're late within a few minutes, they're straight on the phone. Trouble is, this wasn't it, like a made-up excuse that it actually happened. So I rung the customer sales on my way. I'll be five minutes. And in the meantime, I had a call from another job. We were in the middle of bathroom, and uh, we weren't there that day because the electrician was in there. And they rang me up absolutely fuming because the electrician had taken a number two in the toilet, which was sat in the middle of the room, not connected at all. So I had to ditch the job I was going to, to go there, sort that out. And I didn't ring the customer either. So she's straight on the phone within two minutes of not being there. Where are you meant to be here? I have to explain all this. And it sounds like absolute rubbish when you're giving it to them on the phone, but it's actually all (laughs) happening at the time. I mean, come on. And the Sparks didn't even know that it... That it no, the why didn't even realise it wasn't connected? Not connected. 
Oh, I've no idea, but yeah, he decided to go for a number two to this disconnected toilet that we should have had to go and sort out because the customer was fuming. So was it actually secured? Was was the was the actual no, toilet secured was, or was it rocking? It was, it was rocking in the middle of the bathroom floor. I, no so that's unbelievable. That's ridiculous. So if you told that yeah. to somebody, they would go, no chance. Yeah. That is that exactly, is an excuse. Yeah. Yeah, should have taken a picture of it and sent it to her, shouldn't I? Oh, oh no, that's probably not a good idea. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because that's something she couldn't unforget or unsee. Um, <laughs> uh, James, where are you today and what are you up to? Uh, today I'm working my local area, Basingstoke, got a couple of boiler services in and a shower replacement. So a nice, easy day today. Nice, easy day. And uh, thank you for sparing time to talk to us here at Fix Radio on your nice, easy day. Well, and uh, we will... Appreciate sp- it. No worries, mate. We'll speak again in the near future. Take care, Clive. Cheers. Thanks, mate. Clive Holland on Fix Radio. On the line right now, we have Kai Belmont, a regular on this show uh, from Lee Marley Brickwork. And of course, although he's fully fledged now... He was Apprentice of the Year as well. Kai, now then, excuses for being late. Uh, have you got any? Well, I can't give you my best excuses. My boss might be listening. Um, but <laughs> there was a hog carrier car- we used to work with called Custer. Um, old Dovan lad. He, uh, he's a fantastic oddie. But um, he was he was late one oh, He didn't turn up one day. And uh, we asked him the next day why, um, why he didn't turn up. And it was just a random uh, Wednesday in October. And he was just like, uh, he said, oh, I thought it was a bank holiday. So I went out on the... <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the best story we got. <laughs> <laughs> he thought it was a bank holiday. That, that's a, I'll tell you yeah. what, that is some excuse. That is some excuse. It was just so random because it was just a, a random Wednesday in the middle of like October. Uh, it's, it's, it's incredible to think that I'd never have thought of that. I'd say there'll be a few people going to be using that from here on in. Uh, Kai, yeah, do you want to give it. a shout it's out great. to some of the guys you're working with today? Uh, yeah. Uh, shout out to uh, Elliot. The best hog carrier for Lee Marley. And then we've got Adrian, who's uh, one of the new apprentices for Lee Marley. And then we've got Bob. Uh, best improver in South London. <laughs> There's nothing like picking yourself up. Top tier snagger, uh, we like to call him. <laughs> Top tier snagger. Love it. Yeah. Uh, mate, uh, it's always great talking to you, Kai. Um, it's a pleasure. Where well. are you today? Just tell us where you are in the world and what are you up to. Uh, same as last time, we are at the Oval in Vauxhall, um, just by the train station, um, doing the Vauxhall apartments there. Right, just around the corner from us, uh, from the studios. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kai, thanks for that, mate, and uh, we'll talk again soon, no doubt. Thank you very much, it's been a pleasure. Clive Holland on Fix Radio. Uh, this one from Adam Wart. Good to hear from you, Adam. He says, uh, I've been working with my boss, Kyle, for nearly a year now and never, ever been late. And sometimes I beat him to work, lol. Uh, But for the first time the other week, I trusted a fart on my way to work and it ended up not being a fart, as you can imagine. Uh, I had to jump into the back of the van and sort myself out. So not so good. I phoned Kyle about five to eight and explained myself. Uh, and safe to say, he said it was a very good reason to be late. <laughs> Man, I hope you've recovered from that. Uh, he said, uh, um, hope you like the message. We love the message. He said, cheers and big up the show, Clive, says Adam. Big up you too. Uh, this one's coming from Callum Clayton. Good to have you on board, Callum. He says, hey, Clive, uh, when I'm late for work, I just blame my work colleagues. <laughs> Why not? Uh, Jay says, I would like to be late for my funeral. About 30 or 50 years, if you could pull some strings with the man up top for 
for me, Clive. Wow. I'm going stoking the boiler, son. The man up top won't want to know me. Those gates will be closed. Uh, Mickey Taylor says, I was late for my own wedding in 2005 because my stag the night before. The stag the night before? Who has a stag the night before these days? No way. He said, my rugby mates put me on the sleep. I'm a sleeper to Edinburgh without my clothes. It's a long story, but try explaining that to your future wife, pal. I tell you what, wow. Never have a stag before your wedding. Uh, Phil Croft says, I must admit, I've got worse for excuses for not being on time for customers. I have no motivation anymore because so many customers waste my time. Don't feel like that, Phil. Come on. Change your attitude, son. Uh, this from Custom Mates, and I was heading to Luton from Leicester for a final exam. Just before getting off, I noticed David Bowie with a wide brim hat on and a long coat. I was a huge fan. I stayed on till Flittick, where he got off, and I approached for an autograph. Why didn't you approach for an autograph while he was on the train? Uh, he said, I'm not Bowie, I'm a look... Oh, God, he's not Bowie, even. He said, I'm not Bowie, I'm a lookalike going for a casting for a lookalike company. He said, I was gutted. Worse still, the next two trains back to Luton were cancelled. The course tutor had no sympathy for my story and made me resit the whole thing. Well, why on earth did you just not go up to the guy while he was on the train? And if nobody else was going up to him, that should have given you the signal it wasn't David Bowie, surely. Uh, anyway, that's what it's uh, all about life on Mars, isn't it? Uh, thanks so much for that message. It was uh, pretty brilliant. It's made me smile, that has. Uh, so it's time to wrap up our talk topic um, on timekeeping, shall we say. Uh, this one from Niall Davis says this. When I was an apprentice, I never took the job serious couldn't get out of bed and made tons of excuses for not being at work on time. My boss, Johnny Laidlaw, put up with it, never docked my pay or told me off, but just occasionally gave me pointers as to why I shouldn't do it. He was well within his rights to sack me. Full circle, I have my own trainee called Harrison, in brackets, listening with me now, oh dear Harrison, who is doing similar to me and I really want to sack him. He can't say that he's next to you. Uh, I really want to sack him, but feel I can't because of the chances I was given. Sorry, Johnny. Now I know how you felt. Great show this, you know, Clive. Well, thank you so much for that. Uh, that's an interesting one. Uh, Luke says, uh, I was a big racing fan and skived off work to go to the Gold Cup. Told the boss I had uh, the Baghdad trots, but uh, QS was there and uh, he was there too and, uh, and rang him. He text, don't come back. He goes, it's always pays to tell the truth. That's what I think, anyway. The Clive Holland Show on Fix Radio. Tarso, very much for listening to my podcast. It means the world to me, you know. I hope you enjoyed it and picked up some excellent info from my brilliant guests and fellow colleagues of our industry. Remember, you can listen to me Monday through Thursday, 12 noon till 2 p.m. on DAB via the Fix Radio app and at fixradio.co.uk. Oh yeah, ask your smart speaker to play Fix Radio and come join the fun all day, every day on the only radio station for the construction industry that is Fix Radio. Well, that's it from me for now. If I don't see you through the week, I'll see you through the hole in my Prime Minister's voting card. Ta-ra! The Clive Holland Show with Tradeify, the job management software to help get your business on track. Make a life, not just a living. Try the free 14-day trial. Download the Tradeify app today. Fix right.